Hello, boys and girls and Pokemon of indeterminate gender. Welcome out to Pikapi Podcast. Today we are coming at you with an episode from Advanced Generation, and I don't have much in the way of housekeeping, so we're just going to get right into it. A reminder that this show is supported by Poke Press. You should definitely check out their YouTube channel for news related to Pokemon, interviews, lots of discussions about uh, various games and Pokemon Go and events related to Pokemon. You can visit their channel on YouTube after you listen to today's episode, Game Winning Assist. So we open right in the thick of the action. The group is running from a group of slugma who are all kinds of mad. We're not sure what the kids did to tick them off. Max wants to blame it on May and Skitty, and May says Skitty lets itself out. It's not like she's its trainer or anything. I laugh, but really, Pikachu's out of his ball all the time and causes all the trouble ever, so May's got a point. Sometimes you gotta give her a break. I'm really impressed that Skitty didn't just annoy the Slugma. Apparently, it straight up attacked the Slugma, so what were you thinking was gonna happen, Skitty? <laughs> Did you think you were gonna win? There's like three to five of them. Now, I failed to mention, these kids are in a cave right now. It's dark, they don't know where they're going, they're just running around corners and rocks. Hope seems lost, but then Ash notices a crack in the wall and sunlight. Now, the crack is not big enough for, like, a body to squeeze through, so Ash shows an audacity right on par with Skitty today, like, that sliver of light is just enough to tell him that outdoors is on the other side of that rock, so he has Pikachu iron tail the cave wall and bust a hole out of the mountain. And I'm struck by the quick thinking, because as far as escape plans go, that's kind of brilliant and one of his more logical ones that he's had lately, but also, like, just the total lack of hesitation, just no wondering, like, oh, gee, can Pikachu break through the side of a mountain? Like, that's solid rock. Or what if there's an 80-foot drop on the other side? Just, no, nah, yeah, Pikachu can wreck that. Don't worry, guys, we've got this. Boom. <laughs> like, Hoenn Ash just gets stuff done. <laughs> of course, it's not long after they exit the cave that they discovered that the hill, while grassy, is steep. And they go tumbling down because nature did not intend for that to be your footpath. The narrator even throws them a little shade, like, the quickest way isn't always the best way. Max is all grumbly, like, who chose that route? And I'm not sure if he's talking about the path through the mountain or the path down the mountain. <laughs> but, you know, better not be the second one because you can go back up there and run from Slugma if you want to, Max. It probably was the first one, and May's like, I thought we were gonna die, like, for reals this time, and Skitty's like, meh, it runs off chasing its tail, and who knows what else. Lots of boundless energy, this one. But as the kids are chasing it, they come across a sleeping Nummel. Skitty is all up and over this little camel-like creature. Ash gets a chance to Pokedex it, and discovers that this Pokemon is kind of known for being complacent not always even realizing it's been struck. Which is good news, because Skitty is trying to pummel this thing for reasons nobody can ascertain. Like, I don't know, Game Boy rules, you look him in the eye and you have to fight, I guess? May recalls Skitty, and the group wonders if Nummel's not bothered by all Skitty's antics. 
or if it's like Misty's Psyduck, and it actually takes a minute or two to realize it's been attacked and feels pain. Nemel gets up and wanders off and eats some fruit off a tree, and then a young woman with a furret and three other Nummel come up. Seems they've been looking for their friend here. And not only have they found Nummel, Brock has found the girl of his dreams! Dream girl number 500 and who's counting? Her name is Julie. She's glad to introduce herself. Perhaps less so once Brock introduces himself. But she doesn't seem to hold it against him too much. I gotta say, I feel like I've dumped on Brock a lot in the past for this, um, his extremely forward way of dealing with women. And I'm not gonna stop, because I'm sure I don't appreciate that kind of behavior, and it doesn't seem that many of the girls he meets do. But at the same time, I have been thinking that while he comes in, like, all guns blazing and grabbing hands and right in your face declaring love in ways that are not always appropriate and seem to downright creep people out... I I do have to concede he does drop back to zero about as fast and is usually capable of interacting with them like a normal human being. And I can't say I've seen a ton of evidence that he'd overstep a boundary once it's been laid out for him. Like, he'll go blazing through before anyone has a chance to tell him their boundaries, sure, and that that is a problem. He'll beg a girl to change her mind, sure, but I can't see that he's ever been mad at a girl for rejecting him. I can't remember that type of moment or grabbed her hand after she's asked him not to do that. So as teenaged boys go, he is showing some potential. His ideas of flirting is to cook her food and do her chores, so he just needs a good male role model to come along and just nudge him in in a slightly better direction, and he's probably going to do all right for himself. Anyway, Julie's Nummel goes running off after food, and Julie calls for her furret to help. Apparently, her Nummel get lost easily, so she depends on her other Pokémon to help find them, or to keep them from running off. Ash is impressed that Nummel would listen and basically take orders from her furret, as obediently as if it were coming from the trainer. And I have to say I'm impressed with that, too. It's very similar to how Ash's team operates, I think, towards the later end of seasons, especially Advanced Generation and beyond, where it it just has become established that, you know, Pikachu is Ash's right-hand man, he's team captain. And in times when Ash is not there, it's often Pikachu who steps up and tries to take charge and impose some order or, you know, keep everybody in line. And it is a dynamic about Ash's team that I like, not just with Pikachu, but with some of his other Pokémon who are a bit more, um take chargey and mature enough to, like, actually be helpful when they do that. But but I do like that he's kind of raised a team that works together and that the Pokémon respect each other. Anyway, Julie's seen a lot of trainers get chased off the path on their way to Lava Ridge Town, so she rightfully assumes these kids are heading there for a gym battle, and she invites them to take a break at her place before they get back on track. The kids accept her generosity and, in return, cook Julie dinner and help her with her chores. And through all this, Team Rocket has been up in the trees scheming ways to sell the Nummel to people who live in cold climates and make a fortune. And really, up until the part where they steal Julie's Pokémon, that's basically just a good business plan. Like, there is a gray area in this show when it comes to selling Pokémon for money, 
Like, usually it seems that whenever selling Pokemon and money are involved, like, it all ends up going horribly wrong, but a few people have managed to do it in an ethical way. So I think if Team Rocket could catch them honorably and and respect the Pokemon um, they're working with and do business honorably, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I know that's an ask, but, you know, they saw a need and created a service to fill that need. That's business 101. They, they could make good money. There's potential here. But of course, they are Team Rocket and they don't do business honorably. So they're going to steal all those Nummel that um, are working for someone else right now. And yeah, it's all going to go horribly wrong. But back at Julie's ranch, May has been thinking that Skitty loves to fight. So maybe she needs to let it try some real battling. And so she goes to the expert. Ash is only too eager to accept... Until Julie walks up like, can I battle you? It's been such a long time since we battled anybody. And so we get a rather unusual shot where a Pokemon battle is taking place and Ash is not fighting, but refereeing. Like, this is so rare, I didn't realize he knew how to do this. (laughs) I mean, he must. He's been through three leagues now. I'm pretty sure Ash knows the rules of a Pokemon battle, but just Ash never officiates. He's always in the battle, and even if he's not, it's the sort of thing that seems to always fall to Brock. Probably because Brock has, or or at least had, some sort of official accreditation, but... Like, it seems obvious that Ash should be able to handle, like, a field battle, but it, it kind of, for some reason, just seeing it laid out in the shot just kind of blew my mind a little. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Just another reminder, like, Ash is the king of having random skills that he's actually pretty good at but never talks about because all he really cares about is Pokemon training. (laughs) And Ash is, of course, a biased referee, but since the whole match is really about training May, I don't think Julie minds that he's clearly partial to one of them winning. (laughs) So the battle. Bless their little hearts, May and Skitty have a long way to go. May is trying so hard to use what she's surely observed from Ash and, like, use strategy and size up your opponent. And Skitty is just like, woohoo, rush right in there and chase Furret's tail. Got it, May. So (laughs) all Julie has to do is tell Furret to stop running. And Skitty just smashes into Furret. Like, like, you know the joke? Like, he ran into my fist with his face. He ran into my fist ten times. It was self-defense. Like, that's basically what Skitty did. It ran straight into Furret and almost took itself out. The next hurdle is the fact that when Skitty does listen, Furret is just better. It dodges quicker and Skitty can't hit. Then May doesn't know all Skitty's capable of and has to look things up in the Pokedex mid-battle. Like, you know, she's a rookie trainer. They're a rookie team. You can't expect too much out of May yet. But May, after looking through the Pokedex, calls for assist, and Skitty decides instead to use Ember. And then when May asks for assist again, suddenly Skitty can use Silverwind? And so Ash is confused. May's mad, and I'm sure Skitty's miffed that its trainer isn't praising it. Meanwhile, Furret's dodging everything like a pro, go Furret. It ends the battle with a body slam, and then while Skitty takes a much-needed break, Julie explains how assist works, which is it allows a Pokémon to get an assist from a team member. 
they can use a move at random that's known by another member of the party. Which is pretty darn cool. I've never really loved assist myself in um, playing the games, like, just because I don't like that it's random. I like being able to have a solid move that I can count on and, and I know what's going to happen. But it is a fun idea, and for people who are very strategy-minded, I'm sure there are all kinds of ways to use assist to just rip through some of your opponent's expectations. It later comes out that Julie used to be a Pokémon coordinator, so she's got lots of experience making Pokéblock um, with contest battles and all kinds of knowledge that she can pass on to May and Skitty. So the day ends with some encouragement for May and Skitty, and... The most elaborate meal, like, good job, Brock, I would eat that right off the screen. Then later, in the night, in their robotic nummel, I love these guys, Team Rocket sneaks up and starts grabbing all the sleeping Pokemon, dumping them inside the mecha machine. And since um, these are docile, complacent little nummel, they don't seem to notice that they're being kidnapped. They just sleep through it. Thankfully, the noise wakes up Furret and Pikachu, who wake up Julie and Ash. And I love that face Ash makes on waking up. It's just, <laughs> That face is how I feel most mornings. All the kids are struggling to wake up, so Pikachu just jumps on top of the dresser and just points out the window like, Right there! Stuff going down! Get up! And that does the trick. The kids are up, ready to help and Skitty lets itself out of its Pokeball to get in on the action. And Team Rocket emerges from the dead-eyed Nummelmobile. <laughs> like, really, dead eyes, this thing. And it's not one of their more memorable mottos, but James's little, ah, as he drops down kind of made me do a spit take. As usual, electric attacks will not work on this bot, but you can't blame Ash for trying, I mean... Every now and again, Team Rocket doesn't go for that feature, and those days the battle ends in seconds. But it's Skitty's episode, so... Of course, this one's electro-proofed. So once Ash's turn in the initiative order is up, Skitty jumps into the fray, like, I'm gonna battle a robot, Ma, watch me! Because that's dumb, May jumps in after Skitty to keep it from getting smushed, and in the process, she and Skitty end up taking a ride on the robot. They end up kidnapped with all the nummel. I hope this episode ends with Skitty learning how to chill. Like, that seems more important than perfecting its assist right now. So, they're gone. Max is distraught, like, oh no, Team Rocket took my sister. But Julie has a truck, and Ash has a hero complex, so don't worry, May, your rescuers are on their way. In the meantime, May tries to wake up all the nummel and rescue herself. It doesn't work, they're still snoozing away. Skitty can't tackle the wall open like Pikachu busted them out of the cave earlier, but its efforts do finally wake up the Nummel, who very sleepily decide that, no, this, this situation really isn't alright with them. While they get a clue, Team Rocket is fantasizing about what they're gonna do when they're rich. I have to ask Meowth what Poke Mint ice cream tastes like. James almost regretfully asks what Jessie's dreams include, and she has this cute little reply like, Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it's actually a pretty tame dream for her. Anyway, Team Rocket notices that the Nummel are waking up, and in their own sedate way are throwing a small fit. And so they turn on the interior sprinklers. 
it cools the numble down, uh, cools the, the magma inside them. So according to the Pokedex, that makes them move slower. I guess they're basically cold-blooded lizards. So we've got a bunch of extra sluggish Nummel who can't get a fire going, one of whom is still asleep, and Julie's breaking speed limits in her truck while none of the kids hanging on to the back of the cab are observing seatbelt laws. Like, it's not the tightest pinch they've all been in, but it's not great. And that's when May realizes, Skitty doesn't have internal magma that shouldn't be cooled, it's not affected by the water. It can use assist to pull off ember. So that's what they do. Skitty jumps into the air to use assist and uses gust. It's not very effective. Remember, assist is completely random. So they try assist again. This time they do get ember, and Skitty can warm up the drowsy Nummel. And then one of them gets up and barbecues all of its cronies. It looks like a problem. Like, especially with the Nummel being all mad about what Team Rocket did. Like, it looks like one of the Nummels went rogue and, like, turned on all its buddies. But believe me, this is helping. Now that the Nummel are awake and toasty, they can torch the place from the inside out. Poor May. I mean, when this starts to get uncomfortable for Team Rocket in the cab, like, you've got to imagine what it's like for her in the center of the burning inferno. Team Rocket tries the sprinklers again, but May has Skitty attack the sprinkler head with double slap. So no, this sauna ain't shutting down for nobody. And soon the flamethrowers are melting right through the robot walls. Wobbuffet, strangely, uh, the only member of Team Rocket who looks kind of happy about that? Maybe he just enjoys chaos, I don't know. But the Pokémon destroy the mech and escape with May, just as Julie pulls up with the truck so the siblings can reunite... Julie can check on her Pokemon, and Team Rocket can get their battle on. Remember, they need that extra time so James and Cacnea can hug. As proven before, Julie's Furret is an old hand at battling, so Saviper goes down easy. Pikachu wrecks poor Cacnea, and the mech, and Team Rocket. <laughs> Maybe it's Pikachu who needs to learn to chill. But Max is like, yeah, you guys have that gym battle in the bag. And so with that all off, they all go back to bed and set off the next morning. Julie points out a path that will lead them to a station and then on to Mount Chimney, and then through to Lava Ridge Town. And the kids leave, Max dragging Brock along the road like, You complete me! I have to say, I didn't have a ton to say about this episode. And that's not necessarily to say it's a bad episode. Like, some episodes, they just speak for themselves, and I don't have much to say. <laughs> it's just a cute filler episode. A lot of nice little moments, though. Julie was very nice. Like, I hope I can be the kind of person who's just, like, no qualms about being generous and giving to people that look like they could use a rest or a break. But anyway, that will do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to Game Winning Assist. I'll be back next time with more of Ash's journey through the advanced generation, through the Hoenn region, and of course, Maze as well. We're focused on Ash's gym battle now, but eventually she will have another contest, and we'll see if her realizing that assist is a move that exists will help her out any. Until next time, thank you. This has been Pika Podcast. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> <laughs>